Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing, der Bundesliga-Podcast. I'm your host Manuel Feit. Hier ist Stefan Bojankowski, mein Co-Host. How's it going, Stefan? Uh, this show is live from Dortmund. It is live from Dortmund. So uh, I'm doing very well. Um, probably feel a little better than you are right now, I must admit. Uh, usually I'm the tired one, but I think today you're the tired one. Yeah, if, if you hear yawns, this is, this is my turn. <laughs> you got to stay up late uh, for the for the midweek uh, behind the paywall part. Um, the I, I part that I actually thought was really good, the, the breakdown of Bayern Munich's uh, Barcelona Champions League game. Um, so if you haven't subscribed yet, really worth really worth checking that out. But that was a late one for you. Now, I've just arrived at Dortmund this morning, and, and you know this because you work with me. I spent the entire trip to Dortmund, including on the flight, working, and uh, didn't get any sleep on the plane. And now here we are. Um, I'm going on. I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can never sleep on planes. That's my great fear of going on these kind of long eight-hour flights that you do all the time. I just I would sit there twiddling my thumbs for eight hours, slowly going crazy. Having the internet on planes is a great thing. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah, being able to work actually makes a huge difference. It also means that when I arrive, a lot of the stuff that I would have to do usually when I'm really tired and don't wanna already done and taken care of. So being able to work on the plane has been a lifesaver on these long flights. But yeah, it used to be me just sitting there twiddling my thumbs because I've been doing this now for over 20 years. Uh, longer even if you conclude the times my my mom used to take us back and forward because my mom obviously is from over there. I'm I grew up here, and now I'm over there and yeah, flew here. But um, it used to be very boring. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, you need a good book. You need a good book. Yes, yes, and uh, some movies and yeah, lots of good books. Uh, podcasts also help. That's another secret. Um, but yes, you know what's not going to be boring this weekend, Stefan? Um, we have lots to discuss. This is the preview show. So let's dive right into it after this break. This episode of the Gegen Pressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including. Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, Esports, and even Golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. B-L-E-A-V-5-0. BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Bet online where the game starts. Um, yes, it is a big weekend. Um, we'll get into why I am in Dortmund in a moment. Although I think most people who listen to the show probably have a pretty good idea. But um, let's start with the Friday game. Mainz against Hertha. Mm. I went for the easy 2-1 Mainz home victory. How about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've also gone for 2-1. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be easy at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, Hertha really, really should have, well, what, taken all three points against mm. uh, Leverkusen. Uh, we talked about that on the main show this week. Um, they're slowly but surely kind of getting a hold of things, I think, Hertha. I wouldn't be surprised if they do kind of pick up a bit of form now. And Mainz are currently in their Jekyll and Hyde phase you know they're excellent on the road and they're terrible at home right now well not terrible <laughs> but you know they they picked up a draw against Union Berlin and they lost Leverkusen so they're not exactly blowing the way the cobwebs right now um, but I've still gone for a narrow win for them but I think this game could easily um, go the other way and you know could be a draw or even Hertha steal the match but for now I'm going for 2-1 for, for Mainz Do you think it's going to play any role that Bo Svensson is in talk at the, at Brighton. That's been the rumor, right? And you did write an excellent... This, like, I mean, this is wonderful why you can... Re- sometimes you can recycle articles that you've written a while ago, but mm. you wrote a really nice article about Bo Svensson a while ago, which I highly recommend uh, for, for the for the game pressing newsletter. But do you think this is going to play a role at all, these talks or rumors? Yeah, I'm not so sure. It seems like quite a speculative link in to be f- in the mm. first place. I mean, not to suggest that the the rumor or the story itself isn't true, uh, but I'm not. He, he, I don't think he's a front runner. I don't think we're at the stage yet where Brighton are phoning up Mainz and turning his head. And f- having spoke to him, he seems like a pretty chilled out guy. Anyway, Mainz are a very chilled out club, so they don't strike me as the kind of club that are kind of going to turn everything on their head and start lighting things on fire just because. Their head coach has been linked to the Premier League, I put it that way. Yeah. I mean, they do have that sort of as their philosophy, right? Moving on coaches. Exactly, um, yeah. I mean, Tuchel was there, Klopp was there. Um, so there, there is a little bit of a trend, I guess. But I don't think it would destroy the club if Bo Swenson decides to move on. Uh, Jonathan Harding, I think, put it quite right on Twitter. He is a Brighton fan. Um, and he said he doesn't feel like Bo Swenson is maybe the right choice uh, at this very moment. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I would I would say, like, I had some people asking, I was like, this guy's not Jurgen Klopp or Thomas Tuchel, or at the very least he hasn't yeah. shown himself to be that guy yet. So I don't think Brighton fans should get ahead of themselves. And I don't think Mainz fans will be staying up at night worrying about him leaving the club. Right. Yeah. Interesting, though, still. Uh, interesting coach. Uh, is doing great things at Mainz. So keep... Um, Keep an eye on him. Um, the next match, Augsburg against Bayern. Now, uh, here is where I'm going to say a certain trend is going to continue, Stefan. I am tipping another draw. Oh. 1-1. Oh, wow. And there's a reason for that, because Bayern traditionally in Augsburg have not always looked good. Hmm. Which is weird, because Augsburg is so delightful. Yeah, I mean... You say that. It's a beautiful city. <laughs> Some may say the most beautiful city in Bavaria. Hey, yeah, come on now. <laughs> um, this is interesting. I 
I don't have a huge amount to just kind of disprove your theory because I completely agree that Bayern still struggling, um, specifically against smaller clubs who kind of sit back and defend, which Augsburg are quite good at. But I still kind of think Augsburg have kind of started the season on a on a shaky peg. Um, they mm. haven't they haven't had a great start. T- this is typical Augsburg. They're just going to kind of fluff about for the first half of the season, uh, and then they'll kind of turn things on. You know, after the World Cup, I suppose. Um, I mean, having said that, they obviously picked up a win against Werder Bremen, which will help mm. in the long run. But I still kind of think that um, they're not really up to the task just yet to be causing problems for Bayern Munich. So I've gone for a pretty, pretty standard two 0 win for Bayern. Yeah. So the Barcelona result. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to play out like the Barcelona result. <laughs> No, I think that Augsburg is probably going to do a better job defending. That sounds harsh, but mm. it's probably true. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this great length. If you want to hear our opinion on that, go to the newsletter. Um, <laughs> uh, the next one is Leverkusen against Bremen. And this is a big one. For Gerardo Sione, as you also broke down in your newsletter, right? Um, And in the big show on Monday, Tuesday, I guess, when it came out. um, The question, though, that I have now is really interesting because that was sort of a must-win game. Mm -hmm. But then he goes out and beats Atletico out of nowhere. Callum hudson Odoi, having watched that back now, was excellent. They actually mm. had uh, the full games on the plane. That was that was one one way to kill some time, um, Stefan, was me to watch. I watched some Champions League highlights while I was um, riding. Mm. Um, so that was good to see. And Callum hudson Odoi looked excellent. And um, I do still feel, though, that the Atletico Madrid result will be meaningless if Leverkusen dropped points against Werder. And I actually think that Leverkusen are going to win this game 3-1. Oh, interesting. I've kind of gone for something very similar, actually. I've gone for 3-1 as well, so exactly the same. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think if you'd asked me a week ago, I'd be really concerned for Leverkusen in this game. Uh, but, mm. you know, as I just kind of mentioned there, Bremen weren't able to kind of turn on against Augsburg last week. They're still quite hot and cold as a team. You know, I've kind of watched them a few times. I've thought they've been quite impressive. They've had no problem scoring goals, but the problem is that they're basically averaging two goals a game, but also conceding two goals a game. Hmm. Um, you know, having said that, last week was a very uncharacteristic 1-0 defeat. Um, but something tells me that this is just kind of like, a, this is going to be a great palate cleanser for Leverkusen in the Bundesliga. I know they've maybe already got over their hump from that result midweek. Um, but, you know, I think the thing with Leverkusen, and this is kind of what I wrote in the newsletter, I was like... They've been waiting for things to click into place since Wurtz picked up that injury. They've been waiting for someone to kind of step up in that kind of central role. Maybe Hudson-Odoi can do that. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it does seem to have kind of clicked for them. So I kind of think they'll probably not struggle to score goals against this Bremen side. So, yeah, I've gone for 3-1-2. The next one is interesting. Um, Stuttgart against Frankfurt. Mm. Frankfurt pick three up three points in the Champions League against the Olympic Marseille, um, where they were excellent on the pitch. The fans off the pitch were often very great. Unfortunately, a small group of them mis- totally misbehaved. Um, 
and Frankfurt are, is now looking down the barrel of having to play a game without fans. The hope is that it's going to be an away game. Um, so fingers crossed, because an empty Waldstadion in Champions League would be horrendous. Now, this game, though, Stuttgart against Frankfurt, I've gone with the typical reverse Frankfurt. So you can probably guess what the result is that I'm betting. It's uh, Stuttgart 2, Frankfurt 1. Because that's just how this team rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I've kind of, um, I've kind of gone the opposite. I must admit. Um, you know, I kind of feel mm. like it's a game in which uh, I don't know. I d- it's going to sound weird because obviously Stuttgart did so well last week against Bayern, but I do kind of feel like that was a fixture in which, mm. um, you know, someone brought this up at me brought this up yesterday actually when I was watching the Dortmund game against Man City and I was it was after the match and I'd kind of made that point that Terzic kind of made a mistake by bringing on uh you know Schlotterbeck for a striker and I thought well that kind of comes across as quite a yeah a novice mistake you know and someone basically said well you know as good as Dortmund have been it's actually quite easy to set up a team to defend like this because you know everyone kind of knows what to do and it wasn't really meant to kind of take away from um, Dortmund's performance, it's just that sometimes when you are up against overwhelming odds in a game you know, it, from a coaching point of view, it doesn't take a lot to just be like, right, you guys know where to go you know, and I kind of feel like that was maybe the case with Stuttgart last week against Bayern um, you know, they created chances, they kind of went toe-to-toe with Bayern, but they also looked very comfortable playing in that kind of underdog role, and I think against Frankfurt, who, just to be fair, probably still the favourites for this game, uh, I think they'll probably struggle. I think it's going to be a really tight game, but I've actually gone for a 1-0 win for Frankfurt. Interesting. Um, no, a lot of noise about Mario Götze uh, this week because Joachim Löw uh, announced... Uh, sorry, not Joachim Löw. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? Hansi Flick, of course, announced this uh, World Cup squad and he did say in his presser that he is keeping an eye on Mario Götze's performances. Mm. Right. The World Cup squads are bigger this year, Stefan. Mm. 25 players, right? Because of COVID. Mm. So um, I think in his current form, if he can keep it up, there is space for Mario Götze on this team. Yeah. What, are we talking about Germany now? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm 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 not really on I'm not really a card carrying member of the Mario Gotsa fan club, to be perfectly honest with you. That's fair. Uh I kinda thought the kind of fanfare about him returning to the Bundesliga was a wee bit over the top. Um but you know what? The guy scored the winning goal of a World Cup, so he can kinda do what he wants, which I think has probably been the problem for his career since then. Um but yeah, I'm not really holding my breath for him to be to grow into this star Frankfurt player, to be honest. I know he's had some decent you know, performances for Frankfurt. He's got a decent goal, I think it was, in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, but few and far between for me so far. Yeah, it's kind of like winning the Oscar at the beginning of your acting career, and then you just go out and do comedies and action films for the rest of your life because, you know, you've already done it all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's like the reverse Leonardo DiCaprio, put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I digress. It's completely off topic um now the big one and this is the big one it's not scheduled as the top spiel um which oddly went 
to Gladbach against Leipzig, but it is the big one this weekend. It's the mother of all derbies. I did write my newsletter on this game, and what I wanted to be just a preview for a match turned into this philosophical debate on how this uh, two of Germany's biggest clubs, um, depending on who you ask, Schalke or Dortmund fans, the, the second and third biggest club, right? Um, in no particular order. And how they kind of both lost and where they are. Mm. And this is the first time in three games, the last three games without fans. Yes, one game had 300 fans. That's not a real Riviera derby. Um, this is the first time in almost three years that we get this game with fans. Mm. And and I think this is such an important part of the folklore of the Bundesliga having this game with attendance. And I think it, this game will mean a lot. I think on paper, this is quite clear cut, but because fans are back, I think this is going to be not quite as clear cut as Dortmund fans want it to be. Nonetheless, I think Dortmund is going to win this game. Stefan, I think they're going to win it 3-2 though. It's going to be emotional. Mm. It's going to be heated. Um, I expect at least one red card. <laughs> uh, just because the fans are back. Mm. Yeah, right. I, 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 I thought your newsletter was absolutely spot on. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we work together, uh, but I'm sure that either you know subscribers agree. And if you don't subscribe, please do give go have a take out a free trial and have a read of it. It's a great preview to the game because, you know, as you pointed out, not only are these two teams looking for three points, they're looking they're both two clubs in complete flux at the moment mm-hmm. and really trying to claw back to where they were five or six years ago. Because, you know, obviously Schalke have kind of overshadowed what happened to Dortmund, but. Since Klopp left, Dortmund have been an absolute basket case for club as well. Not to the same extent that they've been worried about getting relegated, but in the, within their own right, an absolute disaster to an extent. So, mm. you know, both clubs are trying to get back on their feet. Um, you know, I, can, I think we talked about this on the main show this week, that I was saying that this game could be a real problem for Eden Terzic in the sense that, yeah. you know, if Schalke are able to kind of mount a surprise win... And even worse, maybe even play Dortmund off the pitch, which I don't think is inconceivable. Um, mm. You might start seeing the kind of critic, the criticism of Terzic, which I've seen on Twitter. I've seen Dortmund fans in my mentions and comments and things saying, you know, they're already kind of beginning to question where this club's going or this team's going under him. Mm. Um, if Schalke were to win this game, I think we might see those reach you know, palpable levels that the club can't really ignore, perhaps. But I don't know. I think, I, I, having said all that, um, you know, Dortmund did look really solid for 60 minutes against Man City. Yep. It was a defensive performance. It was a performance in which they were kind of hemmed into their own half and they looked very comfortable not having to come up with their own ideas about how to attack and things, which I think has been a huge problem for Dortmund this season. Um, interestingly enough, I think things fell apart once Schlotterbeck came on. Um, uh, I, I saw that substitution. I was just like, no. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of wonder if Niklas Sula and Mats Hummels is actually the better defensive partnership right now because they both worked so well together in that game. But mm. like I was saying about Stuttgart earlier on, maybe that's just Dortmund kind of fitting into a very comfortable defensive structure, which 
know, it's a completely different kettle of fish to having to go and attack Schalke. So, you know, point I'm trying to make here is even though they look quite decent against Man City, I think this is still going to be a very close game, and I think it's going to be a very um, tight match. But ultimately, I've gone for a two-one win for Schalke uh, for Dortmund here. Sorry, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Schalke make this very difficult for Dortmund. Yeah, I, that's my expectation. I, I actually kind of feel like this is going to be a reverse Dortmund-Man City um, because Dortmund will have to be in the role that they played against Man City. Mm. Uh, they have to be in Man City's role, right? And Schalke will be in Dortmund's role. And it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of impatience among Dortmund fans if they don't overrule like turn over Schalke quickly. Hmm. And yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm hugely excited because this is my first ever Riviera Derby. I've done a lot of Bundesliga games in my life. This one has eluded me so far, so I'm really looking forward to it. And um, keep your eyes open. There's going to be some extra content um, on the newsletter as well uh, from the match, some thoughts, etc. So yeah, keep your eyes open. But um Let's move on. The uh, next game, and this is this is odd. Um, obviously, this is a great match. Gladbach against Leipzig. Mm. Um, and I think on any other day, that should be the match um, of the match day. Huge implications, of course, with the background noise of Max Eber. Um, now set to sign for Leipzig in January, right? For 5 million euros. Mm. Gladbach uh, receiving 5 million euros from Leipzig. Um, despite the fact that Gladbach haven't been paying Ebal anymore. <laughs> so it's really it's a, it's a bit of an odd story. We should probably maybe take a bigger look into it on, on Monday. Hmm. Um, but yeah, here we are. And I tip this as a 2-2 draw. Um, having seen the Leipzig result against Real Madrid, you know, they, they, they put up a fight. But Real are very good. Hmm. And um, ultimately, they were overpowered. And they look in danger of falling out of the Champions League group. Um, but like now having to go back to the Bundesliga and turn it around, I think it's going to be very difficult against the Slapper side. So I, I think they're going to get a point here only. Yeah, I've also gone for a draw in this game as well. I've gone for 1-1 one, one just because... You know, I actually would say, obviously, Leipzig are in the ascendancy. They didn't get that result against Man- uh, at Real Madrid, but they, they did look very good for much mm-hmm. of the game. They had, certainly had the better chances in the first half. Um, and, you know, Werner and Nkunku do really look like they're kind of on top of things right now. Um, but I think they're going to come up against a Gladbach side that, you know, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago um, after the Bayern game that really seemed to have kind of figured out how to defend Daniel Fark's side. He's just built this very solid defensive team that know how to counter-attack very well. And I think that's probably going to be the crucial thing for this match. I think we're going to probably see a game in which RB Leipzig huff and puff, but they can't really break Gladbach down. Um, Gladbach also has some decent players on, you know, on the break. Uh, I think if Turam was half as good as he thinks he is, he'd probably be further up the pitch or further up the league table, but he's still certainly good enough for Gladbach. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very, very decent match. Could be a really interesting game. 
Uh, but it's going to be one-one, I think. It's going to be a nice dessert to the the main course, which is Dortmund against Schalke. Yes, um, good way so, to put it. Yeah, I think really worth a match. Um, stay keeping the television on. Um, on Sunday, and believe it or not, I am actually at that game as well. Union Berlin against Wolfsburg. Uh, really looking forward to this game. Actually, the Alte Försterei. I have done a game there before, but it's been five years. And um, this is the, I think this is the second time that they're, they're doing a Bundesliga game there. Anyhow, it's been a while. Um, this is going to be fascinating, I think. And I think actually, of course, Union Berlin in, in European action today by the time we're recording this. But I actually think that Union Berlin are going to win this game. Um, quite comfortably. There's a lot of noise in Wolfsburg with the Max Kruse situation, right? Mm. And I think that kind of noise always leads to things going wrong. Um, and I think Union and Berlin are going to win 3-1. Mm. Yeah, I can only echo what you said there. I think they'll win 2-0. The Max Kruse thing is interesting and I will mm. actually be touching upon that in my newsletter next week, which will be on Union Berlin, actually. And Kruse does come up in it for um, specific reasons, because obviously he was at Union Berlin before Wolfsburg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really straightforward, I think. 2-0 win for Union Berlin. Uh, and I think that's, I don't think there's much else to add. I think Kruse and Eber could be really good topics for the Monday show too, so do a bit <laughs> more of a deep dive into that. Yeah. Um, next, next, Bochum against Köln. Uh, Bochum with a new head coach. Um, interim coach, I have to say. Um, nonetheless, I think it won't matter. Köln are going to win this game 3-1. Yeah, this feels like a really straightforward match to me. Uh, I've gone for 2-0 win for Köln just because Bochum are terrible. They've sacked their head coach. Don't think that's going to really fix anything. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that's all it takes. That's all, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I went through Bochum today on the train. Nice. I wanted to add that. Yeah. Like, it's not not much else to say about Bochum. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> uh, Hoffenheim against Freiburg, that's your top game. And that's actually, I think, a really fun match to see out the Bundesliga um, this match day, match day seven. Mm. And um, yeah, give me your prediction first. Yeah, I've gone for a 2 2 draw here, actually. Um, mm. Just because I think we've got, we have the best home side in the league this season against yeah. the best away side in the league this season. Both teams have been outstanding, almost identical. Hoffenheim have won three, scored eight, and conceded three. Freiburg have won three, scored eight, and conceded two. So, only thing separating them is that Freiburg have conceded one fewer goal, uh, fewer goals, and. Yeah, you know, Hoffenheim have been probably the surprise package. I know only in Berlin and Freiburg are, you know, first and second, so it's weird to say that, but we already knew that they were solid teams. I really thought Hoffenheim may struggle, but Angelino's come in there, he stepped straight into those David Raum shoes, and he's doing an excellent job from the left wing back position. And I think this is going to be a fun, really kind of, um, you know, box to box, end to end match. Um, and. I just can't separate either team right now. So yeah, I've gone for I've gone for two two. So I've gone for a similar result. I've gone 
well, I'm saying that Freiburg is going to slightly edge it, and I went for a 2-1 Freiburg win. But I agree with everything you said. This is going to be extremely tight. It's, it's a good way to wrap up this match day. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's right. going to be great fun. Um, yeah, so really a good game to look forward to. I uh, hope to catch it. The Union Berlin game is at 3.30 um, local time. So that's uh, 6.30 if you're in the West Coast. Uh, 9.30 a.m. if you're on the East Coast and uh, I guess 2.30 UK time. Anyways, the Bundesliga app will sort those times out for you. You don't need me for that. <laughs> you were way off, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's because I'm confused of where I am actually am timing-wise. Um, I blame my... You know what I blame this on? I blame this on the fact that usually I fly from Vancouver to Munich direct and I'm fine. I have like a certain rhythm that I do and I don't get jet lag. Hmm. And me flying from Vancouver to Frankfurt instead. That's what ruined it. <laughs> I'm missing 400 kilometers in my journey that I just won't get back anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, as always, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. As, as I alluded to, there will be a lot of extra stuff coming uh, from this weekend. And I think... Is it net next weekend we're a little bit on a different schedule because it's the international break? So we should probably let people, especially people who are subscribed to the newsletter, let let them know about it. Yes, it is actually. There might not be a main show next week. I think that's what we agreed on. I think there's a main show next week, but then there's not a main show the week yes. after. And we won't do a prediction part next week. Yes, that's right. Because it's a national team. Like we're not predicting that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess so. What what's going to happen is you will get your normal main show. Uh, we'll probably record a the behind like an extra show for our subscribers. Um, but then you, the week after, when the national team international break is on, you will not get the main show, and then you will get your normal prediction show. Um, mm-hmm. But there will still be tons of content out there, as I promised. There will be extra content from this weekend, and there will be my normal content. And I think you're going to still do your normal newsletter next week as well, right? So yes. fear not, there will be tons of content. It's just this podcast will be on a bit of a different schedule because of the international break. Exactly. Awesome. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Not really. Just go subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, thanks if you already have. <laughs> yeah, the feedback has been amazing. Uh, every day I take a look and there's more people and there's questions and it's been a ton of fun. So yeah, join the community, sign up. Um, you will not regret it. Anyways, until next time, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.